Welcome to Unfolding Words. This is episode number 70, Why Are You Afraid? I'm your host, Antracia, and this is my weekly podcast where I share biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I love getting feedback from you all and hearing about how something you heard on the podcast sparked your interest and made you want to dig deeper into the scriptures. That right there is really the purpose behind this podcast, to open the word, to help you to see the beauty of it, and to give you a hunger and a thirst for more. So hearing that makes me so happy. And I appreciate those of you who reach out to me and those of you who leave reviews. And if you haven't left a review yet, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. There's a link in the show notes or on the podcast app, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a review and let people know that you are encouraged by the show. I appreciate each and every review. Today, we are going to be continuing the Questions of Jesus series with the question, why are you afraid? And we are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. And it says, and when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, if you back up a chapter before, chapter 7, it's interesting that it ends with two passages of scripture that tie in with this. So beginning in Matthew 7, verse 24, it talks about those who build their house on the rock, who is Jesus Christ, how wise they are, and that even when the rains fall and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. It ties in so beautifully with this next chapter. And then chapter seven ends with the authority of Jesus. It says in chapter seven, verse 28, and when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So both of those passages are going to tie in with what we're going to look at today in Matthew 8. So when I usually read Matthew chapter 8, my usual focus was on Jesus rebuking the disciples for having little faith. It was as if if they had enough faith, they could have rebuked the storm for themselves while Jesus slept. But the passage clearly shows that Jesus has authority over all creation and that creation obeys his command. But his focus wasn't on their faith, but on their fear. So was Jesus implying that the disciples could have and exercise the same or similar authority over the elements if their faith was strong enough? But that's not really the focus because the first question he asks is, why are you afraid? This is what Jesus rebuked them for, their fear over what might happen to them, over faith and trust in the sovereign Lord who has authority over all things. So this takes place on the Sea of Galilee, which is really more of a lake, and it was known for having spontaneous raging storms. So we know that some of the disciples, at least four of them, were professional fishermen, and they made their living 
on the water, on this very sea, the Sea of Galilee. As professional fishermen, they would have known how to handle themselves if a sudden storm came upon them because they spent their lives working here. But it must have been some kind of storm if even these fishermen were afraid. They even thought they would die. That's what it says in Luke 8 and 24. The boat was filled with water. The waves crashed against the boat. And even with all this, Jesus slept peacefully at the stern. And we know that God was with him as he slept. Proverbs 3 and 24 and Psalms 4 and 8 teach that the sleep of a believer is peaceful because he or she knows that God is near. So Jesus was living this truth out. In Matthew 8 and 26, Jesus asked his disciples why they were so afraid their boat would overturn because of the wind and waves, especially since Jesus was right there in the boat with them. Certainly, if the Son of God was in their midst, right there in their presence, they would get safely to the other side of the lake. If they really understood who Jesus was, they would have known that no boat that carried him would be allowed to sink. He was safe in his father's hands. So by extension, they should have known that they were safe with him as well because they were his followers, his chosen disciples. This truth for them that they learned on the boat would later give them assurance that they were in God's hands, even when one of them was martyred in Acts 12 and 2. So Jesus first rebukes the disciples, and then he rebukes the winds and the seas. By the power of Jesus's words, the storm was stilled, and immediately there was great calm. This was probably never even seen by the fishermen before, someone calming the stormy seas that they had worked on for so many years. And in that moment, they knew that they had seen the master of the winds and the waves at work. And their response was one of awe. So just like the disciples, you and I have Jesus with us in every circumstance of life that we encounter, even those that are stormy. And he's promised to never leave or forsake us. We know this because it says so in Hebrews 13 and 5. So what are we so afraid of? Jesus proved his power over the sea. God moving water around is nothing new. We see it in Genesis at creation, where he moves water up and down and then side to side to make dry land appear like he did with the Red Sea. So is it any wonder that he can walk on it and rebuke it and make it be quiet? His authority over the sea is a nod to his divine mastery over the entire world. Now, there's not a lot of talk of the sea in the Old Testament. That's the Land Testament. And I may have mentioned this before in previous episodes. But the New Testament focuses a lot on the sea and its unruliness. In the New Testament, the sea is a constant source of chaos. It can't be controlled. It can't be tamed. But Jesus proves to be the master of the waves by putting them under his feet and then calming it once he's in the boat. The scriptures offer the metaphor of safety on boats. We see it with Noah and his family. They were kept safe against the raging flood. Jonah's boat was turned into a temple of sorts as the Gentile men prayed to the true and living God after Jonah is thrown over. And even with all this, we are all called to walk out on water. We're called to go to places where calm needs to be restored. And it's in these places where fear is not allowed to function. We are all following in Jesus Christ's footsteps. Think of Peter walking on water. It's the same thing. 
Jesus and his disciples in a ship tossed on the waves was like a typical reproduction of the ark holding Noah and his family on the flood. And it foreshadowed the church being tossed by the tempest and the waves of this world, but having Jesus with them always. And the personal application for us is that we have comfort with Jesus and in Jesus. Our faith is strengthened and danger and doubt has to cease. So Jesus' formula in working miracles is simple. It's to speak and bring into order anything that is in chaos. And this is the same formula that he established in the beginning when creation was here. The earth was in a chaotic state and God spoke and brought it into order. Think of all the things that Jesus brought into order. The fever that Simon's mother-in-law had in Luke 4 and 39, the raging of the demoniac in Mark 9 and 25, This storm right here, they were all treated as if they were hostile rebel forces that need to be brought into submission. And the Gospel of Mark shares the word of rebuke that Jesus spoke. He said, peace, be still. He was literally saying, be dumb, be muzzled. It's like the howling wind was a maniac that had to be gagged and bound. And Jesus's speaking to it was the act that made it happen. So we know that the Sea of Galilee is the center of a lot of Jesus's ministry. And it's where the more prominent disciples came from. So they worked as fishermen. So it was not unknown territory to them. They were fishermen who would later become fishers of men. So just how they learned to be expert fishermen they would learn the spiritual side of fishing and facing the raging sea of Gentiles. So this right here is just training ground for them and the work that they were going to do after Jesus left the earth. So Jesus asked them this very pointed question and kind of a ridiculous one if you look at the circumstances. Why are you afraid? They're probably like, well, look around. What's happening to us? (laughs) We're about to die here. And you ask, Why are you afraid? But Jesus wanted them to see and remember that the Son of God, the Messiah, was on board with them. They should not have forgotten that he had the power to save. They'd seen it time and time again. They should have remembered that they were safe in his presence. So in the same way, we should never fear danger, disease, or death. With Jesus, we too are safe and no enemy can reach us just as they couldn't reach Jesus and his disciples. One thing we should take note of is that faith is always marked by a boldness, whereas fear is marked by timidity. So when our faith falls into temptation, the result is usually a shipwreck. So we have to pray, Lord, increase our faith and help us not to be afraid. So after Jesus asked this question, he rose up and rebuked the winds. And there was a great calm. One word of Jesus Christ changed the face of nature. One word from him restored calm and peace to those troubled souls on that boat. Our prayer coupled with faith will always be heard by God, even if we're uttering it in weakness. Notice how Jesus dealt with this situation. First, he composed the disciples' spirits, and then he calmed the sea. Now, we're humans, and we all experience anxiety and fear. That's just part of our nature as people. And especially when the storms of life rage in our lives, we feel like we don't have any control over them. But this is the time when we have to trust God and rest in his sovereign will and authority, as well as his providence in allowing these storms to be a part of our life experience for our good. That boat that the disciples were in could never have sunk with Jesus 
on board because he still had work to do. He had to die on the cross to save sinners. Nothing could have frustrated or put a stop to God's plans for Jesus to fulfill that purpose. And in the same way, no storm can do to me and you what God will not allow. And whatever losses you suffer, he intends for your good. We have to have a different perspective when it comes to these storms of life. Now, you have to know that fear is going to be your worst enemy and the greatest stumbling block to the Lord's work in your life. Fear settles in to your heart, making you paralyzed, and it frustrates the purpose of God in your life. So what often makes you helpless isn't usually the situation itself, but it's the fear. And there are many kinds of fear that can paralyze you. There's the fear of persecution. That's the fear that makes you think twice before witnessing the gospel or living out loud for God. That fear makes you a hypocrite living two lives. One is a Christian when you're with Christians and the other a worldly life when you're out in the world. There's a fear of losing someone that we love who is living in sin. That fear will make you lose hope that they will ever be rescued from the sinful state they're in. There's a fear of rejection that so many are captive to. There's a fear of commitment And that fear prevents you from walking with Jesus the way that he's designed you to. And there are many fears, the fear of having a lack of security, the fear of lack, the fear of marriage, or even the fear of fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Often after we read the Bible or study the Bible or go to church or hear an encouraging sermon, we feel strong and full of faith, like we can do anything for the Lord. But as soon as a storm rises up in our lives, we can let fear trip us up, making us feel helpless and useless to do anything great for the Lord. And these fears often linger until they become a habit in our lives. And then we start forming a habit of responding with fear instead of faith. So it's then that we know that we have to tackle and ask God to take away that fear in our lives. Now, Jesus understands your fears, just like he understood the disciples' fears. But the way he handles them is given to us, and that's for us to rebuke the fears when fear rears its ugly head. Jesus healed them of fear by planting a faith in their hearts from situation to situation. There is no fast track to overcoming fear. You can't wave a magic wand and then poof, it's gone. But what's clear is that Jesus simply rebuked them not to be afraid. He told his disciples, why are you afraid? There was no reason for it, but have faith instead. Some of us want a miraculous remedy for inner healing, which is quick and painless. We don't want to walk out the healing. We don't want to walk out the experience of having to get free of fear. And when someone tells you repent and have faith in God, it's easy to take offense. But Jesus, who loves you, rebukes your fears time and time again. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? That's what he's asking you today. Jesus teaches us all that the power of faith is what calms the storm every single time. There is great power in having faith in Jesus. Just trust him. So that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to take a closer look at the question, why did you doubt? So I hope you'll join me for that. If this podcast has been a blessing to you in any way, would you consider supporting it? Even for a donation as small as $3 a month, you can help cover production costs as I seek to encourage women to discover all the goodness that's in God's word. You can sign up for my Patreon to support the show. I offer you a percentage off on my Etsy store 
as well as a downloadable guide on creative ways to study and read the Bible. I so appreciate you taking the time out to join me. I'll see you back here next week. Until then, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.